Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello and welcome to Food Bites with... Oh, look, it's Sarah Patterson. Hello. You almost forgot, didn't you? you I I am arguably the most unforgettable person in your life. No, that's very true and I did because (laughs) I just have that many things swimming around in my tiny little mind at the moment (laughs) that I just sort of went, hang on, what show am I doing Well, not tiny. Minuscule maybe, but. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Oh, sometimes I, I, I'd take minuscule because um, that's I reckon that that's maybe an exaggeration. Hey, what a great show we've got this week. Terrific. Got a great food poll for you. Mm. Uh, very polarising food poll this one. <laughs> Not. Uh, and uh, what a terrific guest. Well, especially uh, given it's uh, coinciding with uh, NADOC, NADOC week. week. Yeah. Uh, and look, I, w- I want to talk a little about NADOC week after we talk to yes. our guests because I think there's a couple of important things that kind of get lost in the wash of some of these things. But this lady is sensational. Get on YouTube and look at her do her stuff because it's bloody brilliant. Her name is Norni Vero. Yep. Uh, she is an acclaimed uh, chef. She grew up... In the Torres Strait. Yep, and now she is the owner and head chef at Mabu Mabu. She came uh, from the Torres Strait down to Melbourne, and she's been here ever ever since. And we're going to find out all about that. Oh uh, man, that can journey. she cook? And can she do wonderful things with indigenous ingredients? And her goal, right from the outset, has been to get those indigenous ingredients out of those top end kitchens yep. and into our supermarkets and into our home kitchens. Yep, and which we is as do it should it. be. It's a no brainer. Let's have a listen to this uh, very talented lady. Uh, we've got her on Food Bites. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Norny, to start with, when I read about um, how and where you grew up, um, I have to be honest, I feel envious because it just sounds so idyllic. Can you tell us what it was like growing up in, in the Far East, Torres Strait? Um, I guess, like, you know, growing up in the Torres Strait is very different from growing up in the city because, one, you're on a tropical island in the middle of, like, nowhere. Um, um, but it is more that the lifestyle there is very different. So, you know, you, you don't want for anything. So even though you grow up, like, I grew up with being monetary poor, I still was never, I never went hungry. And I guess community and the way that we live up there is all about looking after the island, I guess. And you're a part of that being raised as a part of that so whether or not it's planting fishing or or supplying or or feeding yourself like you know it's great growing up as a kid because you never have to stay indoors all day so you're outdoors all day and then you just eat anything that comes off the trees or out of the ocean and for snacks and and uh so I started pickling when I was young (laughs) um so I guess uh you know you you just sort of come home for that before dark you know, and you yeah. just spend all your time out on the beach and, and exploring, really. Are there, are there any particular food-based memories that stand out for you from your childhood? Oh, yeah, like eating oysters straight off the rocks. Um, we have different fruits that are called sorbi and wangai. Um, I don't know what they're called in English, actually, so <laughs> I, I can't tell you what they are, but there's certain fruits. And, and you know, we have a meke tree, which is like an almond tree that you eat the fruit off and then, when the seed drops to the ground, it then has a sea almond inside it. So I guess there's, there, are, there are many things that I grew up with eating that I don't get to have so much here in the city, but, uh, but it, it is just a part of our lives growing up. 
Which I can imagine must have been a, an, an awful wrench to have to leave all that behind to, to come and do what you've done. Uh, I guess, like, you know, I'm like every other child that wants to explore the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, you know, like, I, I'm very grateful that my, my, my dad was a single dad. And, you know, I was very grateful to be able to be raised on the islands. And I speak English as a second language. And Miriam Mir first and was raised in that culture. And, you know... Uh, you know, the Torres Strait was multicultural before the rest of Australia was, and mm. so we we love everyone, and and it's it's a part of that. And I'm glad that I grew up like that, and and and, and had that experience because it's it's really made me who I am today. And and coming down here and starting my business is it, it's just about my childhood growing up, basically. So so tell us what happened. So you left the Torres Strait and you landed in Melbourne. What happened then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like a long way to go. Um, I just, I just really love the weather, you know. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, we why, all do. Why oh, wouldn't you? <laughs> <dearie me. laughs> um, I guess you know, um, I you know, Melbourne is a city of food, and you know, I I really wanted to be a chef, and I knew that being a chef could take me anywhere around the world, and and you know, experience that, and Melbourne was that place to be, and um, you know, so yeah, I made that leap. Was it was it difficult a being a woman and and b was it more difficult being a woman of color? Oh yeah, I mean, don't forget this is like early two thousands, so yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I, I like uh, that shows my age, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very different time back then. And yes, you being a woman in the industry, you know, I had many um, female like colleagues that just never made it. You know, mm. and I just stuck it out because I, I guess I grew up around really people that are hardworking and my dad was like, never give up. And, you know, he, he just did whatever he could. And so I was like, well, why should I give up doing something I really, really love? And yeah, I just persevered, I guess. Yeah, because commercial kitchens, working in one, oh. I mean, it's not for the faint hearted, is it? No, you, you, you've got to understand that it's. <laughs> Your majority of your life is in a kitchen when you're when you're working. I mean, uh, but I, you know, I, I I built my own community from like I had separate communities. I had my love of my home and and who I am and growing up. But I also had my hospitality community too that I I grew up with here because I was so young and I I you know I, I was a young adult and I you know my whole life has been here and. Working in hospitality back then was, yes, a very different time for women especially. And, um, look, I, I love it now and I still do. Like I'm a lifer, so I'll always be in it. Uh, <laughs> you've already mentioned a, a few names of, and, and you even said that some of the fruits aren't available uh, on the mainland. Uh, what, what, if, what if that culture that, uh, that you grew up in, are we now going to start seeing permeating our, you know, our, our supermarket shelves? When's that going to happen? Oh, don't you worry. It's slowly starting to happen now. Uh, if I have anything to do with it, I look. I mean, we this this country has so much, so much beautiful produce, and we just need to support the farmers that are actually doing it, and really get the, get them across the line too as well. Because they've been doing it for a long time. It's just that we've never asked for it, and the more we ask for it, the better it will be for all of us. You know. And my biggest advice is. You know, your local grocers are there. They always go to market. There's always some type of native there that you can get at market. You just have to ask. And because we don't ask for it, we don't get it. I mean, it's been your goal from the outset, hasn't it, Norni, uh, to get Indigenous ingredients 
out of all the the fancy high-end restaurants and get them into our kitchens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some probably, probably hate me for that. <laughs> no, I really want to make sure that it's affordable. You know, I grew up with nothing and, and I want to make sure that everybody that has any type of monetary can enjoy natives and, you know, um, and that's the main goal because, you know, we should be cooking with more of this because it does come from our beautiful country and we have so much of it here and it's so unique to us that we need to be using it more because we should be proud of the stuff that comes from this country. So what kind of stuff are we talking about? Oh, I mean, like things from pepper berries, our own peppers, you know, that we we naturally have here, um, wattle seeds that we naturally have here. We have 165 different species of wattle seeds that we can Mm. use in all different types of cooking. So there is so many from strawberry gum to all the myrtles, from cinnamon myrtle, aniseed myrtle, they all have different flavours. And they're unique to us and we should be using them, definitely. So during the pandemic, when everyone was knocking up sourdough breads, they should have been making dampers, I've, I've seen a quote from you. Oh, oh, yeah. I said, why did you waste your money and time on uh, on sourdough when you could at least make damper in 10 minutes and enjoy a hot slice of bread, you know? Oh, yeah. Isn't that something that a pursuit you used to share with your dad? Didn't he um, make a, a, a sort of a, a pop-up tuck shop and uh, and you were making dance yeah. or pumpkin rolls? Yeah. Um, so um, during the pandemic, I guess, you know, um, I, I, I thought about it as much as every other business was trying to, how do I keep the lights on, you know, um, for my restaurant and, and also uh, pay my wages for my staff that were with me and and I just took a leaf out of what my dad did when I was growing up. And he used to have to get petrol to run the generator for us to have lights on in the house. So he turned half of our house into a tuck shop. And he put a bamboo wall down the middle. And he would make pumpkin buns and pumpkin damper for the locals. And then they would go out fishing and get fish and make fish burgers. Oh. Uh, so that was it. So that's how we kept the lights on. And he used to pay me in marble. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> for all my work that I do. Marbles uh, were big currency, were they? Yeah, they were massive currency when you were a kid, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, the Tom, the Tom Bowler's a top level. You get a Tom Bowler in the know, area, you're I talking. Know, yeah, I, I know. know. I, had a, I had a whole milk building full and, um, you know, uh, I guess, you know, it, it just taught me that you can be resilient regardless of whatever it gets to you and and I guess I'm, I'm glad that I was raised that way so that when, when the pandemic came, I did what he did and I turned my restaurant into the tuck shop and I did damper workshops and uh, damper lessons and damper kits and stuff so that people could make some bread at home for, for like, make it easy. That's a fantastic entrepreneurial mm-hmm. uh, experience, isn't it, that, uh, that that you got and then that you sort of uh, lived through yourself. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, that's what I love about it. It's, you know, I look to my past, I guess, to really see what my future was going to give me. So We have, um, and you've made reference to this, Norty, we've got uh, Little Italy in Melbourne, that being Ligon Street, and, and you've talked about um, the prospect of maybe one day soon having a similar precinct that, that celebrates Indigenous food. Now, to me, that just sounds like a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, yes, that's the dream, definitely. And if I have to, <laughs> if I have to start every single thing and <laughs> back it all the way, I will. Um, I guess, you know, I, I mean, everybody, you know, around Melbourne, because I, I grew up here as an adult and, you know, everybody has their, the different areas and different suburbs around here have their, 
specific areas of, of multiculturalism and I just think that why not, you know, um, we have a precinct as well. Hey, Noni, I want to ask you, where would you start? Where would you tell me to start um, sort of uh, experimenting or experiencing um, First Nations cooking and First Nations ingredients? Uh, I, I would just start with your local, like your local grocers. If you really want to get into it, definitely ask them to get some stuff in for you, depending on what you want to make. Yep. But if you want to really start from just scratch, the first things you should be using is things like Warrigal Greens because they're a really easy substitute because it's our natural spinach here. It holds a lot better. So those things are, are what you want to be asking for so that you can, you know, do those alternatives but still have that cooking that you already know, like things like caloni or pasta or and, and start where you, where you already know and then add in those ingredients to what you already know. If you were you were making a dish and introducing me to indigenous uh, indigenous tastes and flavors, what what would you cook? What would you cook for me? Oh, <laughs> I'd have to definitely do a bush tomato chili tippies because oh. bush tomatoes is what I, I the bush tomatoes I call the indigenous stock cube, oh. and it ah. and and it's just so simple. It just comes from a dried you know the whole process of how they would dry it on the tree before you use it. And then you grind it down, and it basically gives you all the flavors of a stock cube that you would use. And um, yeah, it's got this amazing flavor to it. And, and it's yeah, it's 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 not even even the, the name is bush tomato, but it's just got its own flavor all on its own. And um, sustainably, you would want to be doing tippies because I'm an island girl, mm. so you know you'd love to use those. And we've got some great you know indigenous. Um, suppliers that supply tippies, you know, um, in Australia, and yeah, give that a go. What about right. sweet stuff? What uh, what to Ooh. follow it with for Kevin? <laughs> oh, you know, I am a pavlova girl, oh. so <laughs> I'm not going to lie. A good pav- wattle seed pavlova, you know, um, is always really good because I, I like it chocolate based as well. Oh. So, like a chocolate wattle seed without strawberry gum you know, cream on it and then just like native native fruits that are in season. Um, like right now, I guess you would be getting things like muntries and and are you coming into the end of condom, so Hey, uh, Noni, what, uh, the importance of NADOC week, which, uh, which starts uh, today as we're speaking, uh, when, uh, w- w- what does that mean to you? Well, I think it's, a, it's something that we highlight every year. I would love it if we could highlight it a lot more, maybe all year round, but yeah. I mean, it, it's a celebration of, you know, Indigenous people coming together and sharing their culture. And I think that is what it is for me. It's a celebration of we are still here. We are we're awesome. You know, we have so much to give and so much to show. And it just highlights it at this time of year. Dawny, I'm going to go off uh, track just slightly, but we often talk on this podcast about uh, Melbourne being the uh, the coffee capital of Australia, or we think it is at least. Um, what do you make of um, Melbourne's uh, coffee culture, and are you a coffee drinker? I'm actually allergic to coffee. Oh! <laughs> um, um, but I, uh, I, I was a coffee drinker when I was younger and, and obviously found out I couldn't have it. Um, and I'm lucky because I missed out on when it all got fancy, which is great. Um, but I mean, coffee will always be a culture here. But what I don't understand is how many more milks that we're going to have to put in the fridge, um, you know, to accompany that because it's not about the coffee anymore. It's about the milk. That uh, but, so, uh, so I'm not sure, like, you know, how far coffee is going to go, um, if we're going to get, but 
the, I think the milk is where it's at at the moment. Um, but I do love it, and I do like um, you know we. I've been working the company that we use as Proud Marys, and, and you know that we've we've been with them a long time because they're doing great things for communities where they buy coffee from, and you know it's, it's like you know I'm I'm very Victorian and about like who we use and who we supply from and stuff like that. Now you're a tea drinker, aren't you? Because I saw I've seen a video of you making. Was it your auntie's tea that you made? Yeah, my grandma's tea, my first grandma. tea I ever made. Um, I called it Abba's tea after her name, and yeah, when I came of age to come down to mainland Australia to go to high school, she looked after me, and um, I got billeted out from her to go to high school, and she used to have love hibiscus, putting hibiscus in her hair every day. Um, so I made a tea that was hibiscus-based, ruby red after her, with um, the beautiful florals that come out of um, you know Australia, like, Strawberry gum, cinnamon myrtle, and and uh, river mint. Yeah, I watched the video. I could almost smell it. It just, yeah. you know, it was just a, a obviously a, a thing of love and joy. Hey, I want to ask you if you were having a dinner party and uh, and you could could invite anyone. Who would you invite to your dinner party? Oh, I'd definitely invite my dad. I think because he's a good eater. <laughs> um, and if he was a if he was alive, he would judge me, which is great. Mm. You know, so you always got to have that. But I think if I could have anybody sit at my table um, in the whole world, I think it would just be my mates because I think that that's the most funnest thing to do is enjoy food with the people that you love. And is business good? Uh, is business back pre-pandemic or is business at the restaurant still a little sort of like people a little scared still? No, I think Melbourne is coming back stronger and stronger. I mean, like, you know, where it's winter here right now, so things slow down a little bit, and that's just normal part of here. But things are, are getting there. I mean, like we have every problem, just like everybody else that has here. We because we've been closed for such a long time, we're just hoping more and more people will come back into the city, and we're just waiting for that. Torres Strait at Home, which is the SBS uh, series that uh, you're involved in, uh, tell us a little about that as well. So it's it's just about growing up in the Torres Strait and being a part of it, and. And what our culture is like, and and what it uh, what Torres Strait I guess means for me, and and for you know growing up in that sort of environment. And Nani, I can't think of a better person to ask uh, if you had a cooking a tip um, or a kitchen tip to share. What would that be? Oh, kitchen tips um, always have a rolling pin oh. <laughs> <laughs> because people always forget that they need a rolling pin. Um, but if you want, if you don't have a rolling pin. Just uh, use uh, your Glad Wrap. Oh, there you go. There you go. Or a, or a wine bottle, maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, cold yeah. from the fridge. It, every, it, it, I know that's a weird thing to say, but majority of people always forget when they go to make scones or something or baking something. They always forget they don't have a rolling pin. That's a great tip. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, and it's been uh, terrific to have you on our Food Bites podcast. Thank, thank you. Ah, uh, thank you so much. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Naughty Barrow, and you'll see a lot of her on uh, SBS, uh, particularly in this coming week oh, because it is Kevin, made up week. Those pumpkin oh. dampers, oh, all those people <laughs> who spent their time making sourdough <laughs> and banana bread during COVID uh, lockdowns, 
you are missing out completely. There's a video we shared on uh, on our Facebook page uh, of uh, of Naughty making uh, three different dampers. Yes, using um, indigenous ingredients and wrapping them in the banana leaves. Oh, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, do it, and you'll just want you'll a you'll want to eat it straight away. It um, is delicious. And speaking of delicious and crispy and crunchy and deliciously munchy, Kevin Toasties versus. <laughs> French, French toast. toast. Now, don't say it like that. It's very beautiful and very delicious oh, when you make it properly. Uh, sacred bleu, French toast. Suffice to say, I've put them up against each other because we need something to warm us up because it's so darn cold. Let the carnage begin. Let's start with Rebecca Beck Kane. Oh, she says both. Uh, the yoga place that she goes to makes the most amazing vegan French toast. You know, when I first read that, I thought it said the yogurt place I go to. <laughs> Kevin, what's wrong with you? You're deteriorating with every uh, there you second. Go. We've gone from minuscule. We're scaling down from minuscule. <laughs> Glenn Rodder says, toasties, toasties and toasties. Pato, you got it? I think so. Clear as crystal. Karen says toasties. Sue says toasties. Julie says toasties every day, Kevin. Rachel says both, but a toasty from Paran Market oh, is very good. Really? They do them well. Tony Bennett says, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't sing. He just says he does. a brioche French toast brioche with, French Kevin, toast. with maple syrup, please. That sounds divine. That is decadent. Uh, Davin? Yes, not says, Davine, Kevin. <laughs> well, it could have been French. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. That I, makes you Kevin. I wanted, wanted to get the French pronunciation if it was possible. Toasty for me, any combo, but a must have cheese. Absolutely. Remember to take the plastic off the cheese. Very good tip. Yeah, I reckon every toasty would have to have cheese, doesn't it? I, they don't have to, but if you want a proper one Preferable. to look like in the picture yeah, that, that you put factor. It, that goo factor. Yep. Silvana, I do love French toast, but tomato and cheese toast is my absolute favourite. Oh, gee, I remember an, a, a really cheap hotel in Albury making me, um, after kitchen hours, a lovely plate of toasted uh, sandwiches with tomato and cheese. And, and the frying pan? The, yeah, oh, yeah, just white bread. And gee, it was delicious. Yes. And canned asparagus ones too. Oh, no, no, you see, Sorry, just I've gone, gone too far. I've gone off just track. Just went too far. Michelle gone, says toasties. Gone rogue. Michelle Smith, good old toasties with Vegemite, ham and cheese. Yummy. Uh, Patricia says French toast, thank you. Joylene, French toast. Uh, Muriel Cooper takes time out from reading at uh, 90th birthday parties Ooh. to say toasties, thanks, preferably... Now, how do I say that? Croc, monsieur. Croc, monsieur. Yeah, they're, yeah. The, they're the the dipped fried. Oh, okay. Yeah, Dip yeah, them yeah. in egg and oh, okay, yum. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Joe, toasties. Murphy says toasties. Kate Fitzpatrick says toasties. Uh, Noodles Rodriguez. <laughs> That's a good handle. It had to be in there just because of the name toasties. Annie says toasty. Uh, Kate says savoury palate always wins uh, for me, so the toasties. Avril, toasty. Uh, Jane Barnes says I love them both, but the toasties might win by a crust. <laughs> Good one, Jane. Old Croaky, uh, the one with the overflowing lava hot cheese gets my vote. Uh, the Fisherman says uh, a toasty. Gee whiz, I know where this is going. Jamie says toasties. Told you it was carnage. Darren <laughs> Purchase says toasties. Mark Turner, toasties by a long shot. Artie Stephen says love a toasty, and the favourite is the standard ham and cheese toasty, but with good quality. Quality leg hand, Mercy Valley Vintage Cheese, and using my new microwave toasty thingy Ooh. gadget, what, uh, is brilliant and always travels with me. Like he said bog standard. There's a catering company called Bog Standard. Is there? <laughs> oh, I thought it was a typo, Artie. Sue Hosking <laughs> says, no, it's not. It's bog standard. <laughs> Sue says uh, 
toasted sandwich all the way. Hang on, where I come from, bog standard is not like a compliment. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> Dave says French toast made with bread. Oh, got to love a bog not standard that, over not a standard. That, hang on, listen to what Dave's got to say. Oh, French yeah. toast made with bread, B-R-E-A, capital D, bread. Not the trendy cake-based monstrosity served up everywhere these days. Yes, yeah. good point. Good on you, Dave. Yep. Steve Bastoni likes a toasty. He's back. Neil Cordy says, I like them both. Oh. Toasty for entree, French for dessert. Oh, that's the Bulldogs person. How very Terralgan of you, Neil. <laughs> Jim Wilson, toasty, no contest. Mark Allen says, the picture on the left has just made my mouth water. I love a toasty. Yes, the picture is of a ham and cheese toasty. Mark Stevens, is. toasties. All right. Uh, oh. Now, Trafalgar Tiger says, toasties. Steve Wood says, French toast. There oh, you go, yeah. one for French toast. Poshed up, Steve Woods, seriously. <laughs> he likes the cafe oh, culture, doesn't he? he's just showing off because he knows it's going to be on <laughs> the, the radio. Cafe. Tony says, uh, 100% toasties. Brad Spicer, yes. Kev, Toasties wins the day, hands down. All right, and uh, finally, Wayne is back. Why? And Wayne says, a toasty wins, hands down. It's a magical, crunchy square of magnificence <laughs> filled with tasty treats that are only limited by your imagination. Yes. French toast is lame oh. and boring and would probably surrender if it <laughs> if you sat it next to some pumpernickel. Oh. <laughs> the uh, the French pride themselves on bread, but the truth is they suck oh. at it. They make stupid sweet sweet stuff like brioche <laughs> and uh, weird-shaped breadsticks that look like a oh, – hang on, I'll, do, okay. I'll stop. I'll, 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 I'll stop there. Simply put, the French are about as good at toast as they were at building the Marshallon line oh. to stop the Germans from having another crack at them after the 1914 to 18 effort didn't go all that I well. I like the way you said that. A toasty is a fantastic thing that is a meal in itself mm. if you construct it right. French mm. toast is a weird little anomaly that lives in a Turak cafe and is only eaten by the sort of fruitcake that, that, that pairs it with a lactose-free oh. almond milk latte and some vegan cheese. <laughs> That's very good. Oh, very good, Wade. Uh, well done, Wayne. Well done, everyone. Thanks so much for all the comments. Yeah. There was just a, a heap of them, but 99.99% oh, yeah, that toasties, toasties win the day. Absolutely, and I feel like one right now. I like a bit of uh, pickle action in my toasties. If I'm going to have toasties, I have to have cheese and a, and a bit of gherkiny, pickly action. Don't you think? No. No, cheese or, and tomato. Don't, don't mess with what is – Canned what is, asparagus no, makes no, the best no, no. toasties. Simple uh, – I don't even like Vegemite uh, on the toasties. Simple cheese and tomato. Mm, Kevin's done a in the toasty frying purist. Pan. I am, I've gone back to doing them in the frying doesn't pan. Doesn't like hundreds and thousands on his chocolate crackles and he doesn't like anything that shouldn't be in his head in toasted sandwiches. Oh, exactly. Make them his way or yeah. the highway. <laughs> well, now that we've got that settled, <laughs> <laughs> there's probably no need for me to talk I to you the, yeah, the for cold weather, the weather is <laughs> Built my assertiveness just a notch. Oh, there you go. Uh, our thanks uh, very much uh, to uh, to Norny Berry yeah. for being on the program. I just want to say about NADOC, um, it, the, the theme this year is, uh, is 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 a universal theme that we kind of should ad- adapt and and not just think about when it's NADOC week. We should actually think about it 365 yeah, all days year a year. Long. It's get up, stand up, and show up. And one of the things that they've kind of highlighted in it is the relationship. This is this is off the off the NADOC uh, week website. The relationship between Aboriginal and Torres Strait. Islander peoples and non-Indigenous Australians needs to be based on justice, equality and the proper recognition of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island people's rights. Get Up and Stand Up amplifies our voices and narrows the gap between aspiration and reality, good intent and outcome. You've got to go beyond just acknowledgements 
Good intentions, empty words and promises, and hollow commitments. Here, here. Yeah, uh, that and that's it a up terrific uh, slogan too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's terrific. So, uh, thanks uh, for being on the program. Really appreciate it. Check out the the, the videos and the YouTube stuff that uh, that she's done. Norni is fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, and that's it. Oh, Kevin, it's been a pleasure as always. Sayonara. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.